You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Wind came up the door, closed on me, and the children were screaming. Welcome. Neverland is mine. <laughs> we're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Hello, Neverlanders. This is Lost Boy Eric coming out. I hope you can hear me. I don't know what's been going on, but it seems that our mysterious ghost host has left Neverland for now. I've heard that he might be haunting Jeremy's home over in Disney, Indiana. Well, I'm taking advantage of this opportunity, and I have put together my own psychokinetic equalizer vocalizer, KE vocalizer, if you will, and I'm hoping to tune in and see if I can find Jeremy out there in the ether of whatever underworld he happens to find himself. Jeremy! Spider-Pan! Can you hear me? What? Eric? Eric! Jeremy! Jeremy, where where are you? I don't know. I I, I can't really see you, but I hear you. What? How? What? Are you... Did he get you too? No, no, he's actually left. I've, I've heard that he's probably moved into your house over at Disney, Indiana. Oh, no. Can you imagine the trouble him and Mortis could start over there? I'd hate to know what kind of flavored popcorn they'd have. Ugh. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I'm, I've been trying to reach out to you. Uh, thank you for sending the fairies and sending the messages to us. But, you know, I'm glad that I've finally been able to make contact with you. You don't know what's been going on out here. Oh, I can only imagine. Everything around me is just utter darkness and decay, and it's, it's, it's like, it's like I'm wandering around Neverland, but nothing is as it should be. But I, the only thing I seem to be able to see is I can see some of my pixies. I think their magic is kind of helpful, and I've been able to talk to them, which is how I've sent them out. But I, I haven't been able to tell. I mean, I, there's times I think I see shadows. I thought I saw Tim and Trenton and Gary, and I thought I've seen you, but I, I, I can't seem to talk. How, how are you doing this? I've put together a vocalizer that can use psychokinetic energy to reach through the ether. Wow, you must be some sort of genius. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad it did. Um, so if he's gone, is there a way we can get me out of this? I don't know. I, I'm trying to find everything that I can. I, I just somehow came up with the ideas for this thing in my head. I'm hoping maybe this could lead to something that'll get us find a way to pull you out of there. Gosh, I hope so, because, you know, I, I keep thinking I better not go into the light, and there's this one light portion out here, but I don't know what's on the other side of it, and I'm trying to keep away, but uh, it's very tempting sometimes. But what's been going on? I, I feel like I've just missed everything. Uh, you know, I, what's been happening? Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. You know, there, there's been so much happening. You know, I, I, Nintendo, for goodness sake, they're switching things up. 
Switching things up? Yes, there's a new console coming out next year. The Nintendo Switch. What, like a light switch that has Nintendo's logo on it? You know, imagine... I'm not even sure where to begin to describe this. Um, So I'll just go to their press release. (laughs) Uh, They've introduced the first glimpse of their new home gaming system called the Nintendo Switch. It has single and multiplayer uh, programs to it, um, but it takes you and enables you to play the same title whenever, wherever, and with whomever you choose. It basically takes a console and makes it a handheld portable game system. Oh, cool! You know, you can be playing uh, Legend of Zelda on your console at home with the Joy-Con pad. That's what they're calling the the new pad. Um, so you're sitting there, you're playing the game, say you need to leave, you can actually take the Joy-Con pads off of the controller pad itself and attach them directly to a tablet that's part of the console and take it with you and play on this little tablet with the same controllers. Or you can take the controllers off of the pad and play them separately and have your own little screen that you can play with. I, you got. We got to get you back there. I don't even know how else to describe this thing. Wow! You know that Nintendo has really led the market in handheld gaming and you know stuff like that. So this is kind of brilliant to mix their handheld gaming with the console gaming and really step into a, a new area of technology. You know, that's exactly. They're going to revolutionize and dominate gaming. I think when this comes out. Well, and it's not just Nintendo. They've got 35 third-party developers who are working on this system with them as well. Awesome. So, you know, and the names, it, it's 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 it, it's who, a who's who of the gaming industry. You've got Bandai Namco. You've got Capcom. You've got Electronic Arts. You've got, uh, you know, all of these developers who are well-known uh, that are coming on board. Square Enix, uh, who are all working to develop games for the system and it looks like it's really going to revolutionize gaming as we know it oh all right somebody better get me out of here by the time that comes out because i think i need it hey we're working on it (laughs) you know but i think you know if if we can't find anything now i think the disney company just might help us find someone who will be able to play really who's that well they have just uh announced a half million dollar commitment scholarship fund Asian and Pacific Islanders. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's uh, they're providing 150 scholarships over a three-year period, available to all eligible students with Asian or Pacific Islander ethnicity, beginning next fall. You know, this is all in conjunction with Moana, which is coming out a little bit later this year. You know, who knows? If we can't think of a way to find a way to get you out of there, I'm sure they can. <laughs> well, yeah, if they can get a scholarship, then they got some college degrees and brains, and they can maybe think of a way to get me back to wherever and out of this. Exactly. So that's very well, cool. Now, I kind of wish I was an Asian Pacific Islander because, you know, I'm trying to go to college myself, and it's really hard to attend class when you're trapped in the who knows where I am. Well, let's hope that we can get you out in time for uh, Christmas season. Oh, yeah, I'd hate to spend Christmas here. I mean, goodness, that, that's my whole world's been turned upside down. This is Gary Gnu, and the no Gnu's is good Gnu show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to get a no Gnu's whatsoever. Neverland news from the Disney parks. 
Well, we do want to get you out by Christmas, though, because uh, coming up uh, at uh, the Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World, they're going to have an all-new nighttime spectacular called the Jingle Bell Jingle Bam. Cool. And with this, it's going to be a nighttime show with projections on uh, their version of the Chinese theater there at Hollywood Studios. Uh, they're going to have moments from Mickey's Christmas Carol, from Beauty and the Beast, uh, Pluto's Christmas Tree, Bambi, and uh, some little movie called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, some little independent film, right? <laughs> But that's going to be running from November 14th all the way through December 31st. So I hope we can get you out of there so we can you know, get you down there and so you can experience this. Maybe as a celebration for finding a way to get you out from there. Yeah, that would be kind of nice. Although it looks like this is probably going to be a separate party event, isn't it? Aside from your regular most ticket. Most likely, but... Uh, yeah, that, that's been a theme going on for quite some time. Yeah, with the you know the Halloween having an extra ticket party, and now Christmas it looks like it's moving that direction as well. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, you know, there's there's plenty of people out on YouTube who are sharing those events with us. Yes, and I hope somebody presents that on YouTube because even if I get out of there, my budget doesn't really uh, set up to have me travel out there for to see this. But I'm sure it'll be back for multiple years, so you get a chance to go out and check it out for a big Christmas party. Well, and, and you know that YouTube isn't the only social media program that's out there. Right. <laughs> now, back here in the real world, do you have an Instagram account? Yes, I do. Excellent, because you'll never guess who's now on Instagram. Mickey Mouse! I've been following you him. You guessed! Yeah! It was one of the last things I got to do before that thing got me. <laughs> well, you know this, uh, eight, the 18th of November coming up is going to be Mickey Mouse's anniversary. Wow, that's an old mouse. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you know, they're going to be celebrating his birthday at, uh, the, Dis- or at the Disney World and Disneyland Parks, as well as at um, uh, the Disney stores as well, are going to have some uh, special commemorative buttons. There's going to be a parade at the parks. But to help celebrate this, right now Mickey Mouse is on a world tour uh, and he's making surprise appearances in iconic locations to celebrate his birthday with his fans. And the way that you're going to be able to follow is through his Instagram account, uh, as well as his Facebook page, uh, and also on the Disney Parks blog. Awesome. So eventually will we get a documentary, Mickey and El Grupo? I'm not sure if we'll uh, get that in-depth of a documentary, although we are going to get a video that's highlighting these travels. And there's going to be a new song on there called What We Got. Oh, cool. So that's, again, something to look forward to if we can get you out of there. Yeah, because I, I do have a Disney store nearby me that I would love to go and get a little Happy Birthday Mickey button. would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Your attention, please. Disney Movie News. Now, um, we also need to get you out of there real soon because I'm sure you've already got a copy of The Force Awakens. Yep. But there, but there is a new collector's edition of The Force Awakens that's going to be coming out in November as well. What? what what's, wait a minute. What A new version? What's, what's coming different for that? Well, this is going to be a 3D release. So it's going to have the, the 3D version of The Force Awakens on it. But along with that, it's going to have um, a commentary by J.J. Abrams. It's going to have several new uh, documentaries. And it's also going to include several never-before-seen deleted scenes uh, with it as well. 
Now there's one in which I hear uh, that uh, Ankar Plot and Chewbacca are involved in. You know, if you read the novelization, you'll know that Ankar Plot uh, chased the Millennium Falcon up into space and encountered Chewbacca and Han Solo. Oh. Well, apparently, Ankar Plot learns why you never make a Wookiee angry. Oh, that could be a bit graphic. <laughs> and that's supposedly one of the deleted scenes. You know, also, you know, the, in talking about the commentary, J.J. Uh, Abrams talks about the conflict that Kylo Ren is going through on this uh, long, narrow bridge several miles above any floor in a uh, conversation that he had with Han. And basically says that at that time, Kylo Ren is really being drawn towards the light. So that really puts an interesting twist on what eventually happens. Yeah, and I can kind of see that happening in the scene, because that, that was that conflicted feeling that Kylo Ren has, and he really does make a choice. Uh, and it's it's almost similar to the choice Anakin seems to make when he definitely dedicates himself to the ways of the dark side. Uh, I think the conflict is now over for Kylo Ren. But then again, Darth Vader did say, there is no conflict. And he turned out okay, so there's still a chance maybe Kylo Ren might find a way to redeem himself. That would actually be kind of cool, although it might be people saying, but I already have a Return of the Jedi. You guys are just breaking the same movies again. But, you know, I think it would be actually a pretty cool story for him to redeem himself. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And We've only got another year and a month until, or two months rather, until the next Star Wars Saga installment comes out. Rogue One! Oh no, that's another month down the road. Yeah, that's, I'm that's thinking, December. I'm thinking Star Wars Episode Eight. Oh well, yeah, I think we're about a we're, we're little a little more than a year, I guess now then. Yeah, about a year, two months. Yeah, 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 yeah. A month and a half, but it's coming. It's coming. Oh, which by the way, has there been anything about uh, the uh, Han Solo movie? I, I, there's been something circulating here that I thought something had happened. Yes, yes, they have just announced that Lando is going to be in the Han Solo movie. Very cool. Do you know who they got to play him? Yeah, they have Donald Glover, who is on Community, is going to be playing Lando. I never watched Community. Oh, I feel so sorry for you, because that is such a wonderful, incredible show. You really need to rectify that once we get you out of there. Is it on Netflix? No. No, it is not. Although I believe it is on Hulu. Oh, okay. But uh, we definitely need to get you uh, to see that, yeah, especially you know, as a guy playing Lando, you know, he's got to be good and he's got to be smooth, you know, in order to get that. Exactly. Point. So exactly, I want to check An this old guy smoothie. out. Yes, yes, so very exciting. All right, y'all, one more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now there have been a few uh, movie trailers that came out this week as well. Really. What, what happened? Well, the first one, it's not so much... Uh, well, it doesn't say that it's a trailer. It's more of a sneak peek. But we got our first look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. There are two types of beings in the universe. Those who dance, and those who do not. I get it, yes. I am a dancer, Gamora is not. You just need to find a woman who is pathetic. Like you. Thanks, buddy. Do you need a hug? No, no, I do not. 
Wow, I was actually able to see that through your mind, although there was, I guess, only one little bit of talking in there. That's that's some funny stuff there. That's very exciting. Hey, when Drax wants to give you a hug, you got no choice in the matter. Yeah, he's kind of big and muscly. I, I think if he wants to give you a hug, you just better just take it and hope he doesn't crush you in the process. Mm-hmm, most definitely. Now, in a different vein, though, we got also got a trailer for the new Logan. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real. What is she? Beneath the stain. She's like you. Of time. Very much like you. The feelings disappear. She needs our help. You are. Someone to come along. Someone has come along. I am still right here. And you could have it all. This is a, a very different tone from the other X-Men films. It feels almost a um, little Mad Max, a little uh, uh, apocalyptic. And not, not talking about the character apocalypse, but that looked... And it's kind of weird how you're projecting these into my mind, I must say. That's impressive. But it's, it seems a very different feel, almost like um, End of Days-ish or something. Yeah, well, and to have that accompanying music of Johnny Cash's Hurt. Yes. To set the mood yeah, and it looks like a, this is a world where Logan has slowly lost his powers, the mutants are slowly losing their powers and fading away, but uh, it looks like there's still some conflict on this little girl, which I wonder, is this little girl supposed to be X-23? Yes, she is. Awesome. In fact, we even see her claws at one point. Really? Unlike Wolverine, she doesn't have three. She's only got two. Yeah, and then she's got a couple claws uh, in her feet in the comics, exactly. at least. Very cool. So, yes, we do get to see Laura uh, Kinney, I believe is her name. Awesome. In this. Yeah, overall, I think they did a pretty good job generating excitement for both of these movies. Now, if only I could get out of here so I can see them when they come out. All right, we need to work on that. <laughs> yeah. To Disney and beyond. Uh, I do have some sort of a weird thing I was able to do while I'm here, though. Uh, there's a place called Atchison in Kansas. It's supposed to be one of the more haunted places of the world, and uh, somehow or another I find myself able to visit haunted haunted places while I'm wherever I am. 
so I've got a recording I managed to make, and I want to send this through to your vocalizer here so everybody can hear this. Uh, because there is some fun stories and stuff like that, but I do want to say, other than our ghost host here who has done whatever to me, Neverland does not endorse the idea that ghosts exist. And this guy, although claiming to do scientific, quote-unquote, research, so we do not endorse the idea. This is just for some fun. So uh, take a ride on a trolley in Atchison, Kansas. He's going to be the driver. He won't hit any ghosts. Yeah, even if he did, we wouldn't know it. Anyway, welcome to Atchison, the most haunted town in Kansas. Now, why is this place so haunted? Well... I've gone to college for this, I've written theses for this, I'm in the process of writing a dissertation for this to get my doctorate, and all I can tell you is I ain't got a clue. Everybody has their own theories. Scientifically, we can't prove any of them. So without being able to use the scientific process to prove it, that's all they are is theories. Now, a lot of the evidence is anecdotal. In other words, the evidence that we have here is commonplace at other locations upon it. Moving water. We've got that little creek out there called the Missouri River. And right now she is moving because she is up. Moving water creates electrical current. It creates energy. And I'm not talking once it hits a turbine and starts spinning a generator. Moving water in and of itself creates an electrical current. A little science experiment, you can do it all. Water faucet, get water running, split that stream of water into two separate streams, get an LED, take one wire from each side of that LED and stick it into the two now separated streams that will generate enough electrical current to make that LED flash about every 25 seconds. Okay? A lot of places that are haunted have limestone and shale bedrock. Guess what? Atchison's got limestone and shale bedrock. As that water rises and lowers in the aquifers, which are just hollow points underground, in that limestone and shale bedrock, it creates electrical current. It is believed that spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, use that ambient power in the air to form orbs, ectoplasm, mist, full-body apparitions. Two or before the last one had a teenage kid taking pictures, and in one of the houses we stopped by, he got a full-body apparition. I've been doing this for 16 years, never got a full-body apparition. Kid jumps on the trolley first time out. Hey, gee, look what I got. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Load it up to our website, will you? But anyway, so when we're stopping at these houses, please, by all means, take pictures. You never know what you're going to find. Violent deaths. People, you have to think, okay, we're in the Midwest. A uh, hundred years ago, this wasn't the Midwest. This was the West. And it was the wild west. Getting shot broad daylight in the middle of the street was nothing. B.P. Wag, railway attorney here in town, back in the late 1800s, wrote an article for the paper. He was looking down from his office window at the intersection of 4th and Commercial Street. 
which we will be going right over that intersection tonight, saw a man get shot to death, broad daylight, in the middle of the street. Violent death. Improper burials. Oh, we got plenty of those. We've had three cemeteries in town. We'll get to those in a minute. We'll be stopping by a lot of houses. The first house is going to be this beautiful villa. It's across the street right here. We're going to turn left. The villa will be on the right. That is McIntyre Villa. The house was built in 1890 by John McIntyre. Now, he was a harness maker. So he started making his millions off of making leather goods for the wagon trains. Then he went on to become a real estate magnate and really roll in the dough. This house was purchased by the family that's in it right now back in the 1960s from a lady named Goldie. Now, her nickname was Goldie because up until the day she died, she had golden blonde hair. I've talked, one of my other jobs, talked with people there that during her 70s or 80s grew up in this town, lived in this town their whole lives. When they were kids, when they were walking down the street, they would cross over to the other side of the road when they had to cross in front of McIntyre Villa because everybody believed that Goldie was a witch. She would stand up on the porch and throw pennies at the sidewalk trying to get the kids to come over. Okay. People have taken pictures of that house and come away with apparitions, orbs. Now we're headed straight down this street. When it ends, we'll turn right. But directly ahead of us will be Oak Hill Cemetery. Oak Hill Cemetery is the third and final resting place for many souls here in Atchison. It is currently the active cemetery for Atchison. But when I say third and final resting place, I mean there are bodies in that cemetery that were moved twice before they wound up here because some rich person wanted the land. Okay. We'll be hitting cemetery number two and cemetery number one later on in the tour. Now, how many of y'all heard of Sally's house? Big deal. All right, many legends abound about Sally's house. Who is haunting the house? Well, that's all they are is legends. Okay? Nothing can be proven. There is no documentation to support any of the legends that exist about that house. Okay? Many psychics that have gone into that house have come out saying, it's not a kid that's in that house. It is a grown woman. In the last two years, research has discovered that in front of that house, when you get to Sally's house, you're actually looking at the back of the house. The back of the house faces 2nd Street. The front of the house faces what used to be 1st Street, which is no longer there. But the front of the house, there were shacks plotted on the map. In those shacks, there was a black lady by the name of Sally Isabel Hall. She had 14 children, died at the ripe old age of 36. Buried in Oak Hill Cemetery in the African American section because back then they still segregated even after death. Continue that story in a moment. This house right here, it, we call it the Lights Out House. The family that used to live here moved because of the paranormal activity. Keys would disappear, the wife would get done doing laundry, have it all folded, turn back around, and the basket would be turned over. It wouldn't be folded anymore. The big thing was their son would complain about an apparition that would hang upside down in his closet and then come out into the bedroom. As far as I know, the house is still vacant and on the market. 
Anybody want to buy a house? All right, back to Sally Isabel Hall. Again, she died at the ripe old age of 36, had 14 children. Shortly after she passed away, one of her daughters passed away and is buried on top of her at Oak Hill Cemetery. Many psychics believe that it is that Sally that is occupying Sally's house. Again, that's a psychic. I'm not knocking psychics. My sister is one, and I've seen her in action, and I'm standing there going, Now, how do you know that? No, Lord have mercy. But, again, there's no documentation. Scientifically, I cannot prove it. I'm into this for the science. Now, next house we're going to be coming up to, here I'm about to give you a hint as to how old I am, we refer to as the Brady House. <laughs> If the trees were not in foliage, you'd look at the house and go, I remember that from a 1960s TV series. Well, this house was built in the 1980s. When they went to build the house, they excavated the yard down nine feet. Now, there's been activity inside the house. The wife had asked the husband to take care of something when he came home from work. He's like, yeah, honey, got it, no problem. He gets home from work, does the usual thing, TV, recliner, sleep. Doesn't get done what the wife wants done. Something gets thrown at him, wakes him up, and he's like, man, she's really mad. She's not even home. There's nobody home. Something else is throwing stuff at him. But the strangest thing, Brady House right here. The strangest thing is two young kids in Victorian dress playing with a hoop and stick. Anybody you know what I'm talking about with the hoop and stick? Back then they didn't have cell phones and computers and all that. Their toy was a big metal hoop and a stick. And you walked and tried to get the hoop to go down the street with you. Well, these two kids were playing with the hoop and stick at the level that the ground used to be at before they excavated. So these kids were levitated off the ground. So the humans thought, but to the kids, because they're still playing at the same time period back then, they were still on solid ground. Going to turn right here, go down the end of the road, turn left, we'll hit K7 Highway. That is the Spirit Mile. Now, Spirit Mile, we've had Benedictine students coming back to college, driving down the road see somebody along the side of the road that, yeah, you can see them, but you can also see through them. One look at the other and go, expletive deleted. Did you see that? Yeah. They turned the car around, whatever it was, was gone. This one lady was coming back into town after being out of town on a trip, and she passed one of her friends coming into town. They waved as they passed. She got home, went to bed, got up the next day, and found out that the friend she had just waved at the night before had passed away the day before. So it was like, well, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye in, in human form, so I'll say goodbye in spirit form. I'm moving on. So K7 Highway, right here, referred to as the Spirit Mile. And there's a legend about a place called the One Mile House. Now, the One Mile House was a saloon, and as with most saloons back in the Wild West, let's just say there was uh, extracurricular activity going on upstairs. 
Well, one of the members of that extracurricular activity had kind of taken a liking to a Pony Express writer who was in town. Bad thing is, a gentleman by the name of Cleveland the Outlaw had taken and expressed interest in this young lady and was kind of upset because she would not dance with him because she was more interested in the Pony Express writer. Pony Express writer went out early in the morning, one, two o'clock in the morning, to go burn one, and he, and he got burned. He never came back in. The madam of the institute uh, confessed on her deathbed that they had gone out and found the Pony Express writer shot dead by Cleveland the outlaw. So she and one of her employees had taken the Pony Express rider and buried him six feet under, underneath the one mile house. Now this empty lot to the left, enjoy the view, it's wonderful. This is block 56. This is the second cemetery for Atchison. Confirm there are more than 100 bodies still in that plot of land. They moved the bodies from the first site, moved them here. A rich farmer decided he wanted this land for farm, so he said, yep, he picked them again. Well, they did most of them. Moved them to Oak Hill. My sister and I investigated here one night two years ago. This is the only place I have ever had an orb appear to the naked eye. They always appear in video or on camera. When I'm taking pictures in investigation, I always take two pictures of the same place, just to verify. If it's in one and it's not in the other, I probably got something. And I don't sit there and go, all right, let me see, the ghost is gonna appear there, so let me get this guy framed and centered. I just hold the camera up and start clicking. As I brought the camera up and I pushed the button, just as the flash went off, there was the orb. Saw it with the naked eye, never had it happen since. How many of y'all watch Ghost Adventures? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I used to. The first two years that Zach and the boys were out, I thought they did a pretty good job. Then they went Hollywood and started making money. And they kept going Hollywood, and now it's all Hollywood. I mean... I don't care how you get to the investigation. Show me the investigation. I do not need to, hey man, we're going to show up in a hearse. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he came here two years ago. I was given the opportunity if I wanted to meet him, and, and I resoundingly said, no. <laughs> not in such nice terms. I don't even want to be associated with the people. I want the scientific now, how many of all have heard you say that, or heard him say that, oh, three scratches, mocking the Holy Trinity. I watched the episode where he got that idea. You never guessed where he got the idea from a Catholic priest. <laughs> three scratches simply means three scratches. What if the person that got scratched is Jewish? That throws your Holy Trinity out the window, doesn't it? They don't have the Holy Trinity. Well, it attacked me, so therefore it must be demonic. Are you forgetting the fact that you've challenged it? I'm sorry, if I walk up to George Foreman and say, you ain't got the guts to hit me, 
And then I get mad at him after I become conscious again because he did hit me. That's stupid. I challenged him. Braun home. Right here to the left. I do believe the lady on the porch is human. We're good. <laughs> this is the first house that my sister investigated back in 1996. She's been coming here for 20 years. She lives in North Carolina. She, she conned me into moving up here. Um, but she was investigating there with our cohort in crime who we codenamed Trixie. Trixie's a real estate agent, so if we see a house that's for sale that we want to investigate, we let her know and she gets the keys. We don't do that. But they were investigating that house, but it was empty. As you go down into the basement, you go downstairs, there's a cement landing and then dirt floor. As my sister was stepping up off the dirt floor back on the cement landing, of course there's no power in the house, there's no lights. She missed the step, twisted her ankle, and fell down. Trixie, come down here and help me. Trixie comes down. Now, my sister is probably about that big around, that tall, and weighs about 100 pounds, soaking wet. Trixie is a big woman. She's a bounty hunter. She could probably throw my sister. And she could not get Kelly up off the ground. Something was holding Kelly down. Not in a mean, malicious fashion, but just saying, yo, you hurt yourself, take it easy for a minute. And eventually, after a minute or two, the pressure was relieved, helped Kelly up. Sure enough, Kelly fractured her ankle. Well, she's a flight attendant, was out of work for six months. Next house we're coming up to, five years ago, my sister dragged me up here. I was living in Tennessee. And where we're headed right now is the first place that I ever investigated in Atchison. This is the J.T. Miles Mortuary. John Turner Miles was an African-American moved to Atchison in the 1930s and opened up the J.T. Miles Mortuary for the African-American community here. Now, this is my first investigation here. We were down in the basement. Everybody knows what an EVP is, right? Electronic voice phenomenon. I had the recorders, I had the video camera. My sister had a flash. On the EVP, when we're playing it back, you can hear my sister say, oh, that's funny, I just took a picture of Trixie, and she's not even in the picture. And she wasn't in the picture. But immediately after she said that, was a growl. Couldn't hear it with a naked ear when we were recording. But when we were playing it back, it's like, oh, that's funny, I just took a picture of Trixie, and she's not even in the picture. Oh, oh. Wait till Trixie hears this. She's going to poop her drawers. And she did! It wasn't a malicious, you know. I think it's all cute. But while we were in there, on the EVPs, you could hear organ music playing. It, it was a completely empty building. There were, There's no organ in the building. We could hear the organ music playing on the EVP. It's pretty cool. It was a year after that, I was working retail. Not a good job for Rob. I can handle about two years, and then it's time to start reaching across the counter and choking customers. And I hate to tell you, the customer ain't always right. I was in retail auto parts. I'm an engineer. You're going to tell me that you got a flat tire because your throttle position sensor is bad. Fine, I'll sell you the throttle position sensor if you want to spend the money, but I'm telling you, buy a tire plug-in kit. Anyway, so anyway, my sister goes, well, why don't you move to Atchison? What the heck, it's just me, dog, and two cats load up to U-Haul and the Harley, and we're gone. So here I am. 
People ask me what brought me to Atchison, and they laugh when I say, the ghosts. <coughs> now the next house, be coming up on the left, not this dilapidated one that they're actually doing repairs to, looking better. But the really nice house next to it on the left. <laughs> now the family that originally lived in this house, right here, had a young daughter who loved to play the piano, and she became deathly ill. She told the priest, I am not afraid of dying, which she subsequently did. But I don't think she moved on. Her face will appear in the wallpaper. The piano in the house will start playing by itself, and it's not a player piano. The computers will turn themselves on and off. A few years ago, they had the house open for tours during haunted season, and my sister happened to be there the night that this happened. They completed the tour, they were coming out of the house, and there was a group of guys standing on the sidewalk underneath that tree, going, yeah, this is a crock, this is a bunch, nah, you know what's going on here, yeah, oh boy. They had just moved, hadn't moved out of the area where they were standing for more than a second, and a branch fell out of the tree and it landed exactly where they were standing. And my sister goes, uh-huh. Keep making fun of them. They get you. Now, if we turn right here and head to the top of the hill, not on the tour, but I love how this town decorates for Halloween. People get into it here. Can't imagine why. But the house that is across the street and on the corner, they started putting up their decorations, and they do an awesome job. Eventually, they'll have all that big spider webbing up all over their front yard, all over the witch. It gets cool. A couple years ago, the family that lived in this house, up here in the front, they would have skeletons that looked like they were climbing up the poles up onto the roof. They had another one that looked like it was climbing in the second floor window. Last year was occupied by college students, so you never knew what you were going to see when you came up here. Out there playing beer pong. Allah! Wrong kind of spirits, guys. Sorry. <laughs> now, this house here to the left, the Waring House, we call it the Teacup House. On our website, Facebook page, you can go and see a picture that somebody uploaded. They had taken, and there's a full body apparition standing up on the second floor balcony. But the legend of this house, the family, husband and wife that lived here, they were away on a trip, they were coming back about 100 miles out of town. And the husband looked at the wife and said, you know, when I get home, I'd really like to have a cup of tea. As they walked in the front door, the tea kettle just started to whistle. And sitting on the table was a saucer, cup, and in the cup, a tea bag. Ghost was saying, welcome home. Y'all got the guard, now I'm going. I got, I got things to do. <laughs> Next house coming up will be a beautiful white house on the left-hand side. There's the Eva C. Gray Historical Home Museum. Now, the house was built in 1882 by W.W. Hetherington. He was the founder of the Exchange National Bank. Now, it is now the Historical Home Museum open to the public free of charge. Eva bought it in 1978, filled all 25 rooms on all three floors with 19th century period furnishings, clothing, memorabilia. But before the house was there, this was outside the city limits. Atchison Street used to be the northern edge of the city. 
and this was known as Hetherington's Plot. You're looking at the first cemetery for Atchison. The Hetherington said, yep, that's where my wife wants the house. Sheriff, go evict everybody. In other words, dig them up and move them, because I'm building a house. And that's what they did. Now I'm going to turn right here. This beautiful house down here on the right is the BP Wagner home. We affectionately call it the Bargoyle House. If you look at the roof line, you'll see two griffins perched atop the house that have been mistakenly identified as Bargoyles. I do not know of any paranormal activity going on in this house. The Adair family is pretty tight-lipped. We just pointed out that it's cool. The house was built 1884 to 1885 for BP Wagner. I've been told when the Adair family bought this house in the 1960s, anybody want to venture a guess on how much money changed hands? That gorgeous house? $160,000. The house had been sitting vacant for years. I don't even want to venture a guess at how much money they had to spend in renovation. At the time that the Adairs bought it, Mr. Adair was the president of the Exchange National Now, the next house will be coming up to the left. Once we get down, down. And that is the Mushnick Art Gallery. That house was built 1887 and 1888 for George Howell. George Howell was a local lumber baron who subsequently went bankrupt and then went to another state and made another million dollars. But anyway, that's beside the point. My sister and I taught ghost hunting in here the first year we taught in town. Um, we were in there investigating one night because anywhere we teach, we always investigate before we teach. So when we're teaching, we can say, this is what we got here. So see, yes, it's real. I was videotaping. Trixie is our orb magnet. She was sitting down next to this painting in the very front room here. And an orb formed in the picture. Came out of the picture and went up to the ceiling. That's pretty cool. What was real cool? It did it again three minutes later. When we were actually doing the class, we did the class here today. There's a gentleman up on the second floor taking a series of pictures going down the hallway. He took six pictures in all. Second floor hallway, the curator's office is off to the left side. Door was closed. First two pictures, door closed, nothing. Pictures number three and four, door was cracked open. Red and blue ectoplasm coming out of the door. Doors, picture five and six, the door was closed, nothing. Wall got EVPs in there and have determined that one of the spirits in that house is Anna, who was a maid that they had borrowed one night from the house just to the south of it for one of the parties. She got home late because the party went on a little longer than expected. And the next morning when she got up, she got up late to fix her family that she worked for breakfast. And in her hurry to get down the servant stairs, her room down to the kitchen, she slipped, fell, broke her neck, and died. She haunts the mushroom house. Alright, coming up next. <laughs> Sally's house. Now, I've been in there many times. I am a firm believer, I'm a student of quantum physics. I try to use quantum physics to explain all this paranormal stuff. I am a firm believer in what is known as the observer effect. 
the mere act of observing a closed system causes a change in that system. That's like, you can look at a car and tell what direction it's going and how fast it's going, but you can't tell exactly where it is. But yet, if you can pinpoint exactly where it is, you don't know what direction it's going or how fast it's going. Sally's house right here to the left. So I do not go into any place looking for anything demonic or evil or malicious. And the odds are I don't find it because I'm not looking for it. I go in saying, give me the science. Give me the evidence. There is evidence in that house. My sister Trixie and I did an all-nighter in there. We set up our eight-channel DVR, infrared cameras, high-def, the whole nine yards. I was sick as a dog that night had been sick for days. I looked at my sister and Trixie, I said, y'all can stay here if you want. I'm going home and going to bed. We all left, but we left the cameras rolling. We got shadow people on video. Nobody's in the house. I had the keys. It was locked up. Um, voices. I've never been scratched. I've never been scratched anywhere I've investigated. But I don't go in taunting either. All right, you whip, come get me. God, I don't want him to. <laughs> Lord knows what they can do to me. This hill here. Back in the late 1800s, the young lady was coming down this hill in her horse and buggy. The horse got scared for whatever reason and bolted off, and she wound up going in the drain and drowning. Police have reported, people walking down the river walk have reported, hearing a woman screaming from the river when the conditions are right. Now the next house, house building, we're going to come to is the old Pepper Mill restaurant, which would be to the right side of the trolley down here as we make the turn. Now the Pepper Mill restaurant actually began its existence as the offices for the Atchison, Nebraska rail line. Then it went on to become a, uh, um, uh, a boarding house for women. Good way to put it right here to the right. Somewhere in the line, it was a candy and popcorn factory, and then it was a chain of restaurants. Now it's an empty building. Legend has it, if I say legend has it, I can't prove it, that when it was the uh, 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 house of entertainment for men, one of the ladies was murdered. That's what the legend has. Uh, when it was a restaurant, there was a young woman who was with a group, family, whatever, who they were. And she'd gone up to the second floor to use the ladies' room. And she was kind of receptive to the spirit world. As she was up there in the restroom, she felt somebody in the bathroom with her. She was washing her hands. She looked up in the mirror, and there was a woman standing behind her. She never heard the door of the bathroom open. If she spun around real quick, there's really nobody behind her. I have not personally investigated there. I have helped review evidence that people have gathered in there, and that place is very active. Now this is the corner of Commercial and 4th Street. Right there where the Sears outlet is, is where the building stood that B.P. Wagner had his office in. It is in this very intersection right here. And he looked out of his office window and saw the man get shot to death in broad daylight. Again, people, at one time, this wasn't the Midwest, this was the West. 
going to come up here one more block and turn left. And on the right will be Theater Atchison. The Theater Atchison actually started existence as the Christian Science Church here in town. The Christian Science folks left, the Presbyterian Church bought it, turned it into a community center. Well, now it's operated by Theater Atchison. Got a local production company, they put on five shows a year. They just got done showing Gary Poppins. But this is the Orb House. Last year, year before, whatever it was, I can't remember anymore. This is where my sister and I taught ghost hunting. Pretty much all we got here, lots and lots of orbs. We have had people on the trolley, one kid, take a picture just like it is right now, nothing there. You get in the picture, there's an old gentleman in Victorian dress sitting on the bench on the porch. But there was nobody there. Inside, I have seen a picture where it almost looked like it was snowing from the amount of orbs that were in there. I've been talking too much today. I've been at this since 11. Turning left here, we're going to go to our expansive downtown business district. Don't sneeze. You'll miss it. A lot of places down here are reportedly haunted. I have investigated one location. As we get up here to the intersection, across the intersection to the right, 1915, it was built as the Masonic Temple. It is now Jerry's again restaurant. The second floor is Elizabeth's. As in January, two years ago, three years ago, I investigated up there. Had all my digital video cameras set up and everything. And Angie, our director of tourism for the chamber, she was up there investigating with us. She'd never been out on an investigation before. Had the owners, and of course I had Trixie, our cohort to find here in town. And I had Angie sit down watching the monitors. And she started wigging out on me. What? I'm looking at the monitors, all I see is orbs going by. She's like, the orbs, they're moving. What do you expect? They stand still? <laughs> She'd never seen them in video before. She'd only seen the picture. Snapshot, still photographs. Well, when they're still photographed, they're not supposed to move. If they do, you got something going on. We'll come down here, turn left. Go down, we're going to turn right, head down to South 4th Street. So we get up to the top of the hill, off to the right hand side of the trolley. The pumpkin house has started his decorating. Last year, I don't know the exact number of pumpkins that he had out, but he had over 80 pumpkins on his house. He does this every year. I love this town. They get into Halloween. I love being on the trolley on Halloween night. Don't have to deal with kids beating on the door wanting candy. But anyway, uh, up in the second floor, bay windows, he'll have a laser-like show going on. They have mannequins or something up there to give silhouettes against lights and everything. It's awesome. Can't miss it. He's got a big, huge pumpkin sitting over the street like his front yard with a black tape on it. Pumpkin house comes up right here. Oh, he's out there working on it. 
Uh, we're going to turn left, head down towards the river's edge. The last house on the right, before we make the bend in the road, is the Restless Pictures house. The house was purchased fully furnished, down to the paintings and pictures on the walls. The people would take pictures down, wrap them in craft paper, tie them up with string, or take one picture from this wall, put it on that wall. They'd get up the next morning, the picture that they had wrapped up would be back on the wall. No sign of the craft paper, no sign of the string. The pictures would all be back in their original place, this house right here to the right. This is the house where the kid took the picture two tours ago and got the full body apparition. Little boy. Um, the ghost in this house, the couple that used to live there, the lady would take her dentures out at night, put them in a glass by the side of the bed. She got up one morning and her dentures were gone. They showed back up about three months later. Now, the only thing I can figure out, the ghost was getting tired of eating donut holes and wanted some teeth so we could eat something a little bit more substantial. I'd come down here, turn right, and the very first house on the left, after we turn, is the suitcase ghost. This ghost likes to tell the occupants when it's time for them to go on vacation. The family keeps their suitcases in the attic. They will come home occasionally and the suitcases will be out of the attic sitting at the bottom of the stairs as if to say, yo, I want some alone time, get out of the house. <laughs> this house coming up to your left. They will come home from vacation. The attic windows will have been locked when they left on vacation. They will come home and the attic windows will be open. The lock's not broken, but the window's open and there's been nobody in the house. And if the ghosts decide to get a little exercise, they do have their own tennis court. <laughs> now that we cross the street, are we tired? <laughs> I can relate. As we cross the street, this tan house to the right, my good friend and neighbor Liz Lane lives there. House was built in the 1920s by, this is my wet tour today and I just forgot the doctor's name. <laughs> anyway, first African-American doctor in Atchison. They used to like to throw really fancy parties. One evening when Liz's kids were still younger and living at home, they all live out of state now, uh, they had friends over and Liz had just vacuumed the carpet. We all know what it just vacuum carpet looks like, right? As they were taking pictures, in the picture, you could see footsteps in the carpet. But yet, there's no footsteps in the carpet. She has three cats in the house. Every once in a while, one of them will jump up on the back of the couch, and its eyeballs will get about that big. Don't know what it's seeing, don't know what it's looking at, probably don't want to know. Animals and small kids can see things and sense things that we have been conditioned to believe don't exist. They haven't been told that. Of course, good luck telling a cat anything. Now, how many of y'all heard of Molly's Hollow? I mean, Molly's Hollow is now Jackson Park. Uh, it was Molly's Hollow, named after Molly, obviously. 
there used to be a favorite place to go uh, parking. I vaguely remember that from high school. Um, but apparently a couple had gone down there and Molly, they broke up and she took it kind of hard. So she went down by River's Edge and threw herself off with what was then known as Piano Rock Ledge into the mighty Missouri. People say that if you're walking through Jackson Park at night and the conditions are right, you can hear Molly screaming from the river. Now, if it's Molly that threw herself off the piano rock ledge, or if it's the woman that went in the drink up there at Atchison Street and just floated downstream, I don't know. Somebody's screaming from the water. Entrance to Jackson Park right up here on the right. I did it. Left. My right, your left. We're going to turn right here and weave our way back out. Anybody staying at the American? Dang, I haven't had any takers all day. Bummer. Get people scared so when they go back to the hotel, they can't go to sleep. We're heading right now towards Mower Hill Mountain Academy. That is a private Catholic school here in town. And last year, one of the hosts, normally I'm the loose nut behind the wheel, not the guy standing up here losing his voice. <laughs> one of our hosts was a teacher of Mower Hill Mount Academy, and he verified the story. He said, yes, that room actually is sealed. Students are not allowed to use that room as a dormitory room. It's locked, secured, because of the paranormal activity. Even to this day, Students walking up and down the hall can hear the water running in the room. The room's empty. See the lights going on and off under the door. The room is empty. As you're walking down the hallway, they talk about being able to feel somebody blowing on their neck or playing with their hair. And they get down the hallway a little bit quicker. And that room is still sealed off. As we get to the bottom of the hill, that will begin Power Hill Mount Academy to the left and it goes up until we get to the top of the hill. More hill on again. Now the American just goes to show that a place does not have to be old to have activity. American was completed 15, 20 years ago. People have reported taking pictures of their group or their family or whatever and winding up with one or two extra people in the picture whom they don't recognize. Taking pictures in a hallway and seeing orbs coming in and out of rooms, and specifically red orb. There's a lady that works there that I spoke with this last month, and they have a video monitor that covers the front desk that they can see the monitor back in the office. So if anybody comes into the lobby, they know to go out and take care of the customer. She was back in the office doing paperwork one night, happened to look up at the monitor and saw a Confederate soldier walking across the lobby. If you know anything about Kansas history, Confederate soldier didn't stand a snowball's chance you know where during the Civil War in the state. Kansas actually fighting the Civil War for seven years before the war. That's why Kansas is known as Bleeding Kansas. 
them on the right. Once we get around the bend. Anybody seen uh, the outlaw Josie Wales? Yeah. My man Clint? Yeah. The Missouri Red Legs? Yeah. Never existed. They were Kansas Red Legs. The Red Legs that are portrayed in the movie are portrayed as evil, bad, wicked men. Kansas Red Legs were actually an unofficial part of the Union Army. And they were the border guard between Kansas and Missouri to keep the Missouri ruffians, because Missouri was a pro-slave state, from coming into Kansas, American right there, and tarring, feathering, murdering, pillaging, plundering, basically making a nuisance of themselves to the territory of Kansas. Of course, by the time it became a state, the Civil War was already started. Anyway, that concludes your haunted trolley. Don't worry, the trolley's not haunted. But I do recommend you get back to your car, look under the seats, check the trunk, because you ain't taking nothing home with you that you don't want. And if you find something you don't want, let me know. I've got a Catholic priest on street dial. We'll have him come out and do a little exorcism. Hope you had a good time, enjoyed it. You have a good evening. You can stay the rest of the evening in Anderson. Oh wow, Jeremy, that was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't think they had as good a story as, as like the first time we went, but it. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. What are you doing, lost boy? Oh no, you're back. You bring Jeremy back right now. I don't think so. But, uh, but uh, it seems you, you got, got clever and made yourself a little device. device. Let, Let me, me just, just deal, deal with, with that. that. Ah! <laughs> ah! Well, I've heard of smashing pumpkins, but this is ridiculous. Oh, Rimshot. Well, little lost boy, it seems you're getting too clever for my own good. I think it's time we send you to meet Jeremy one more time. How about that? Come here, little lost boy. I'm going to get my friends together, and we're going to find a way to get Jeremy out of there. Good, I can always use more people to trap. Oh, no, I need everyone to get together and join me at NeverlandPodcast.com or on our Facebook page at the Neverland Podcast. We'll be back next week to take care of you. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. It will be near Halloween, and I will be at my most
Where hinges creak in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, where candlelights flicker though the air is deathly still, this is Phantom Manor. Welcome, curious friends. You may not believe it, but beauty once lived in this house. And beauty lives here still. Show yourself. Lovely, isn't she? Come, I have more beauty to show you. Our tour begins here, in this gallery, where you gaze upon the sweet innocence of youth. Ah, but things are not always as they seem. Can it be this room is actually stretching? And notice this. This chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. I didn't mean to frighten you. Come, let us continue our tour. There is much to see, so look alive and stay together. I'd hate to lose you so soon. As you travel past these priceless works of art, perhaps you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Of course, it's only a trick of the light. The real beauty of this house awaits us farther on. There's a party in her honor, and she'll just die if we're late. And now, curious souls, a carriage approaches to take you to the party and beyond. I leave you now, but I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Have a frightful Dance through the night. 
Esprits et fantômes sur vos fiers destriers, escortez dans la nuit la belle fiancée. Warlocks and witches, answer this call. Your presence is wanted at this ghostly ball. Des douze coups de minuit, aux matines sonnantes, nous valserons ensemble, macabre débutante. Join now the spirits in nuptial doom, a ravishing bride, a vanishing groom.
revenez, revenez, vous venez à peine d'arriver, et je me mure de solitude. Hurry back, hurry back, be sure to bring your death certificate, we're just dying to have you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.